review Damn on my YouTube channel, so I'm just going to review all mm-hmm. the old ones leading up to it. That's what, I, two weeks from now? Uh, yeah, yeah two weeks. Two we- literally two weeks today. Today? Friday. 13th, so yeah, that'd be two weeks from... Two, uh, so 13 God. days from now. Good God, yeah, it's coming. I am... I like to think I'm ready. I am not. <laughs> so is TDE officially over after this? Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, they they got some new acts. They got a, a guy named Ray Vaughn who's really good. I like his uh the few things I've heard from him recently. He's good. Um, and of course, Absol's still there. Schoolboy Q. They're gonna be around for a while. Sis is over there for Christ's sake. So like, you know, they'll they'll be okay. I wonder what kind of I wonder what what this album is going to be. That's the thing that I don't get. Like, what is this album actually going to be? Like, is it going to be... Like, I was listening to uh, Jiggin' and Joe's. They were like, it could be a fucking doo-wop album. And I was like... (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I mean, it could be. I'd be here for it, though. Like, I I wouldn't be against it. I think there's always... He he is one of those, especially the past two albums. Like, you can tell the influence reaching back into Black history and kind of using black music as a as a palette to do rapidly raps over mm. i think there's 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 like a high chance that one of those singles are do have like a doo-wop sample right like yeah at the very least like it's it's almost yeah. a joke but really not really sample some ink spots or something right <laughs> i could believe it yeah i mean i don't know it's because it, it, i feel i guess we should go ahead and start i haven't oh, recorded yeah, yeah <laughs> i guess we should go ahead and start i guess we could start here Uh, I have no idea what we're going to call this, what we're going to name this, or how we're going to enter this, except for me saying hello, uh, person on the internet who is listening to this thing that I don't even have a name for. Um, welcome to the thing. Welcome to the thing. <laughs> Honestly, I'll probably call it that. Uh, but yeah, welcome to this podcast. Um, my name is T.L. Foster. I'm a podcaster primarily. I think that's what I'm more known for. Uh, I have done uh shows uh pnb um which is a video game show did live from the pool house or still do live from the pool house with sonia ballantyne who's off being a superstar um and yeah i wanted to do a show with two people that i am incredibly huge fans of of the stuff that they've done um and uh we've we've been like internet friends for a while and i was just like hey i'm gonna reach out to two of my friends and try to do something so uh uh, I want you to introduce uh, Jarrett. Could you introduce yourself first? Um, I am Jarrett Green, not Jarrett John. Um, a lot of people <laughs> don't know my last name is not John. It is not. Uh, just clearing it up now. Uh, for ten years, I've been a video game media bro, writing about video games on the internet. Um. Mostly a freelance capacity. Uh, you've seen my shit at IGN, at PC Games, Playboy back when they had a website that wasn't just boobies. I remember that website. That was um, decent. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I also shit post about wrestling. That's probably what anyone knows me from. I don't think anybody reads my reviews. I think they just... <laughs> they're here oh, for the shit wrestling post. shit post, dude. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, Evan, introduce yourself to the people. 
Uh, what's up, y'all? I am Emmett Watkins Jr. Uh, I have just been, honestly, I'm just a, a guy on the internet for the most part. Uh, I do a bunch of stuff for VDU.TV. I host the Players Club podcast over there. Uh, I write reviews every now and then. I make some YouTube videos over on their channel or my personal channel sometimes, uh, often just about music. <laughs> but every now and then I'll have a, a collector's edition to unbox or some random thing. And uh, yeah, I've just been floating around here. A lot of people probably know me because I almost won kind of funny prom prince or prom king way back in the day, um, like, I don't know, five years ago at this point almost. But uh, I've just been chilling out on the internet and just collaborating with a bunch of people that I met through that experience and other stuff on the internet. So yeah, that's my claim to fame, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I said it before we started. Honestly, when people look at like all these people who do stuff. It's like, realistically, it's just people like, y'all just hanging out and decided to put a microphone in front of hanging out and like it done it. So why can't, why can't we do it? You guys, everyone's famous enough. Everyone's big enough. True. Um, So I think what I want to do, because I I think we're still kind of figuring out formats and stuff. I want to talk about this Kendrick because Kendrick's about to come out. Excited about it. Like, it was like a lot. So like, uh, was it two weeks ago the push t album came out um as of this recording uh like yesterday there was the future was the future Future, yeah future i haven't listened to it anyway i wasn't feeling toxic enough yesterday yeah uh yeah i was i was already look i was in a football toxic mode i don't need future like right yeah i can't play that and watch the draft like fellow men right now instead of (laughs) (laughs) i get that but yeah i mean it's to me, it's very exciting. I I haven't been so excited just for like a a time of just music in such a long time, and like it, it is because Kendrick, right? Like you think about like the albums that came out, like you know, you got Pippa Butterfly, Good Kid, Mad City, you know, Damn, which is a uh, it won a Pulitzer, like it won yeah, like a it like winning. yeah, it's a Pulitzer winning winning album. And it's like this new Kendrick's coming out, and we were just talking about it. it's like I don't know, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm excited to see what it is. But I also don't like, I love what Kendrick does, but like I give like I give Gambino shit because I think he does like corny stuff, like when he does this, and like it's like oh, yeah, Kendrick the, is the <laughs> yeah. Well, Kendrick, what I like about Kendrick is he lives in this thing where he can be like he can have that that intellectualism that Gambino does. But it doesn't feel corny as shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if that makes any sense to y'all. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, Gambino kind of comes off as, like, like you can tell he's really trying to make art in a way that's, like, very intentional, where Kendrick comes off as more casual about it. Like, not saying he made To Pimp a Butterfly an accident, but, like, it comes across as more natural rather than him really trying to shoot for the stars artistically. Yeah. And it's earned. Kendrick earned yeah. this. Yeah. He earned this mystique. He earned this sort of uh, this space that we give him. I mean, he he also took the space. Like he is, he isn't a person who's in the headlines all the time, and that's right. on purpose. He doesn't mm-hmm. flash. He doesn't. He's not caught up in drama really. Um, he just kind of disappears and then shows up every couple of years with an album. And all those albums are, if they're not your favorite album that year, they're also usually the weirdest rap album yeah. that year, um, or the one that that takes the longest to unpack. And he has developed this reputation for being a person you kind of have to stop everything and at least appreciate. Where, yeah, we I think I think it'd be unfair to call Donald Glover anything else but like 
an artist, like a, maybe in some ways a visionary one. Like, yeah, I think, but I think all of his best work has nothing to do with his rap. Like, no, it, yeah. watch Atlanta I, if you want the best case. If you want the best case, Charles Gambino situation, watch Atlanta. Yeah, like I, I hate, I hate always like sounding like, like because someone called me like I, uh, I'm a Donald Glover uh, slanderer because I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, right? Um, but I think he's a tremendous writer, mm. and I think like that's like when you look at his like his musical output, right? It's like it's really great rapping, but it was really great writing. Let me let me say that it's really good yes. writing, That's and like, and that like, Jared like said when you talk about like a lived in experience. Like if I listen to J Cole, right? Because like J Cole, also like kind of like a weird periphery, but like it feels real, right? Like Kendrick, it feels real, and Gambino, it feels like I sat down and I put up a word doc and I got my rhyme flow going, and, and like it's really good, but it's just it just feels so manufactured. So I'm very excited to see this. Like you said, I think like. Damn, like, to me, for the longest time, Good Kid, Mad City was probably, like, I was like, I was like, that's the best. But I think Damn is such a, such a really good album. And it just, like, I don't know if it was just, like, at the time when it just spoke with me, but I was just like, I, there's very few albums that I'm just like, I just put it on and I don't have to touch anything. I just go. And Damn was that. So I'm, like, what whatever this is, I'm excited to see what it is. Because, like you said, either it's either going to be really good or it's gonna be really interesting and i'm here for either one i mean that's fair i i have a feeling that because i kind of feel differently because i like i said before we started the cutoff or whatever um mm. doing this relist and i'm going through all his old albums and i'm realizing like because to me to pimp a butterfly is pinnacle like i think it's not on camera but it's yeah. somewhere on my wall back there in vinyl form but mm. For as much as I love To Pimp a Butterfly, I always thought, because I know the main conflict is between Good Kid and To Pimp a Butterfly. It's like everyone, if you're a Kendrick fan, one of those two is your favorite. Um, Damn, I always looked at as very good. Like, I love that album still. I have a signed copy. But it is still beneath the rest of those. But as I've gotten older, the more I think about Damn as like a good like reprieve from that. Because... On it, I'm gonna keep it real. 2015, when good or when To Pimp a Butterfly came out, that is like when I was at my most like peak thinking about like black people in society. <laughs> like that is the yeah, most was he, so, so I think that's when that I, I think everybody yeah. was kind of on the same ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So like that hit at the perfect moment for not just me but for everybody at the same time. So by the time Damn came out two years later, it's like all right, I've been in that headspace for the last two years, year and a half, whatever you want to say it's nice to get something that's a little bit just like that's still in our head, but it's in the mm. back of our mind rather than the front. So it's like, you know, have a, have a little bit more fun or just go to more different emotions than the constant consciousness of that last album. So I'm appreciating it more as I go on. I'll say that much. I think I'm, I'm one of the good kid kids who think that's the best. And I think that's just yeah. 2012 Jarrett not letting go really well it's a um, it's it's an age thing right like right. You, when you we it was an album like with kendrick i just felt like because like, i think jared like you and i are around the same age right like mid-30s mm-hmm. uh you know a little bit older than the like, Emmett. but like for for me like my like it's like kanye right which is why all the kanye shit is depressing as hell yeah uh <laughs> but like if you ask me like oh what's the best kanye it's like oh it's you know it's either late registration or graduation because of the same thing like you're saying with like with um to pip a butterfly like 
uh, late registration, like I'm 2005, I'm in college. I'm in this mind space and all these songs like, oh, this is hitting like I'm in I'm I'm thinking more and these songs are just hitting me. And we're like, I can see a, a, like an album like My Dark Twisted Fantasy is the, like I would say is a better album. It doesn't emotionally resonate with me like a uh, like a late registration. Right. So like I could definitely see that with like to, to put butterfly like emotionally resonates with you more than like damn or good kid mad city right and and the kanye's uh, ex- uh example specifically twisted fantasy is like the beginning of a different kanye right and it's yeah. like he he spent tw- like 2008 2009 kind of in exile because he kind of was was wilding and then had to write the apology album which was beautiful dark twisted fantasy <laughs> yeah and that started like a, a two-year period of a lot of like of what like what is happening now basically that's yeah. when that started and including at the very tail end of like 20 like 2012 which is good kid so like that was almost like the the beginning was dark twisted fantasy and then you know you have drake and nick minaj and little wayne's like sort of victory lap happening in there and then yeah it ends with kendrick's first classic yeah uh but i think like damn reminds me of like a, almost like a blues album mm-hmm. um in the same way that so lp uh one half a um Ah, run the jewels Jewels. Jewels, yeah before he really before he latched on with killer mike and kind of rode the wave there he was a producer rapper in new york with um cannibal axe and all a bunch of those bunch of those dudes and his uh first two albums were under this label that he owned with these guys and that fell apart and he was basically broke and he had lived his whole life thinking he was going to just be like, you know, run a rap studio, like an indie rap thing forever mm. and couldn't. And his next album, um, I'll Sleep in Your Dead, ended up being like this completely different sounding thing. It still had, you know, dense rap, still did the LP shit, but it was more like him telling story, more abstract stories about like what he was feeling and not not trying to make a point. And that felt more like uh, someone kind of just sitting in front of a guitar and playing a thing. In the way that blues does, right? Dan feels that way too. Like he made, he wrote it. He wrote a story. He wrote an album that had a message that ended up getting co-opted by a movement at the same time, and it, and just so happens that the real world and his the world that he narratively wrote coincided perfectly to make this thing make the story make sense. There's no way to follow that up more perfectly. So he didn't even try. Yeah. Instead, he just from his isolation after that kind of just wrote songs about what he was going through. And that feels, and that's why it feels like maybe not as important, maybe not as uh, crafted, but definitely more personal in the same way that like a blues album does. Mm-hmm. Which is why I can't like let damn go. Like, yeah, it's it. That's why I said like it just it. Damn right. It's so good. It's such a good. Like I said, I think I I do think like if I'm going like if we go like song by song, I think there are songs on both the previous albums I like a lot better. Like, I think, like, the highest songs in, like, the previous albums are better than, like, the best songs in Damn. But as a collective, I just, like you said, Damn. Like, it's just, like, (laughs) that's all you can really say. It's just, like, Damn. Like, it's, it's, it's the closest, like, I've come to just, like, oh, this is, like, it's, like, the first time I heard the the Black album from Mm Jay-Z, right? And the Black album is a perfect, yo, I'm done. Like, I really wish he would have just been done, because, like, it is a perfect 
and, and it, it I feels I've like done. he was, and for the most part, he probably was actually done. Yeah, it's like, and he's retired three times since, and he wasn't. He definitely wasn't <laughs> done those other times. Right but when he when the dra- when the black album dropped, it almost it was like, yeah, I think he might be done. Yeah, and it's like so like when I when I I think of something like that, it was just like it's just a perfect time. And like I said, Dan was just like a perfect like it's even structured like a book, like how every track is is in its own like chapter. It, it just does a really good thing of like thematically, this is the thing that you're listening to, right? And I, 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 I wonder if we go in, if we're going into this new album, like putting that same kind of expectation on Kendrick because he has such a great track record. And like, hmm. it, if we, if when it comes, if it doesn't resonate right away, if that's going to be the biggest takeaway, because like if it if it doesn't hit people right away, if people are like, oh well, he fell off, and you don't get a chance to register it, because sometimes with art that happens, like when you're when you're telling this like narrative, you're building all this stuff up, and then you're just like, here you go. And a lot of times, especially like how we are as a medium now, it's all right, cool. We're gonna grab this and we're gonna process this right now. It's like, well, no. Sometimes you gotta let that thing burn. You can't just like I can't just go and make a pie and be like, okay, dig right into. The, you gotta let it cool and then get in there. Then you can go and you know let it mess marinate. around with it. Well, exactly. Marinate, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the marinate version of a pie making is, I don't know. The, you know the metaphor. You get. It. You know, I I think that's what it honestly scares me because like I think people are gonna want to go. And like I said, we work in the games and really we all like work tangentially in the games industry and, ha- and see the same thing. People want to go mm-hmm. and see something. And it's like, I got to have a take right now. I got to say this is the best or I got to say this is the worst. And this is how I like, what if we just need to let this thing burn? And I'll, I'll use an example. Like I said, the Push T album came out and I was listening to it and I was like, this isn't hitting for me. And I was like, but wait, what if I just stop instead of trying to blow through this thing let it breathe and then listen to it and see if it hits me like i want a push it you know a push album to hit me right and i think that's something that i i fear when we get into this new kendrick i don't want to say kendrick's immune to that because i don't think he is but i think there's a reason we get this album now and not last year between kanye and drake's drops who both were subject to that very behavior Yes. Um, because you don't really want to get caught up in any of that. Because that's not the album he's making. Right. He's never made those albums. Right. Um, the Kendrick's big allure has always been that he can make these sort of dense, uh, more conscious sort of narrative raps and also make like radio hits on the yeah. same album. Sometimes the songs, sometimes both at the same time. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Shout out to All Right. Right. And he does it either, and he does it intentionally. Like, it's almost like he he got lucky once and then has been just decided that he's going to just do it every time so that he can prove that it wasn't a fluke. Right. And I think, I think he has built such a reputation that I don't think people are going to let that happen to him. Like, the internet's going to internet, right? There's right, going to be hot right, takes right. regardless, but this is also going to be something that's going to get funk pieced to death uh, because oh that's what people yeah. do yeah, around that's... Kendrick albums. So I yeah. think if, I think the opposite is going to happen. We're going to be talking about this thing forever, probably longer than we have to. Um, 
and get every take from every dimension on every part of the of the timeline um until we until there's nothing more to think about it yeah which is i you know good or bad i don't really know if that's better but i don't i I don't think we're just gonna throw this away yeah i i do feel like i kind of like part of me really does like the fact that we are completely in the dark on this album like i i remember because good kid matt city was the first kendrick album i listened to so by Mm. then i had hype for the next one and I remember hearing like leaked snippets of To Bip a Butterfly. I think King Kuntis leaked. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, not in a mean, like, not like in a disappointing way, but in a right. way where I'm like, is he rapping over like the Fat Albert theme song? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was just like the least expected thing ever. And then once it came out in full in the whole album a couple days later, it's like, all right, I get it. It all makes sense, it all fits cohesively. I like that we're sitting in silence here because we have no choice but to listen to the whole cohesive thing. We, I mean, it's the same reason. I know this is a completely different artist and oh, way more contentious than Kanye in some circles, but that's why Eminem only drops his album by surprise now because yeah. the last time he said, here's the track list and everything ahead of time, people made up their minds on that album and that album was still not great, but like... <laughs> So why, already... but why, yeah, why open the door? <laughs> yeah, why, yeah. Why, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Why even invite people to get to that expectation before listening to it? So I think that's what Kendrick's doing here, but he can have his cake and eat it too, have people expecting something from him, but they don't know what that thing is from him. Now, I am a little bit hypothesizing, like with the title, uh, Mr. Morale, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. When I saw that, the first thing I thought of was Untitled Unmastered that part towards the end of that album where he's like doing the breakdown where he's like the background singer singing, come on, come on, come on. Mm. I think he's going to stretch that vibe out into a whole album. I just don't know what that is. Cause that honestly yeah. sounds like Silk Sonic. And I don't know if I want to say it. Like, <laughs> it might be like more like a roots album. Like it could ooh, be. Oh yeah. I like can get with that. Like an old, like an old Jurassic five album. Maybe. Right. Or like, I'm, I'm saying ooh. even maybe like a, like one of the last roots albums and then they shoot your cousin or the one before mm. that undone which were which were very uh jazz inspired um, yeah like quest was playing a lot of jazz drums there's a lot of a whole lot of jazz guitar a lot of soul vocals behind you know black belt mm. and there and and then you see describing there's like samples of like old like gospel choirs like like very old like shit like this could be one of those weird like crate digs where you're finding samples that you haven't heard before in like a Kanye 2009 sort of way. Right. I would love that. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like, it reminds me of, uh, like miseducation, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like the thing, like the reason why, like one Lauren Hill decided to do one album and it's just a fucking banger. <laughs> like it's yeah, one, eight grand is like, I'm good on that forever. Actually. <laughs> just like, like Straight shot- up not enough for a lifetime. <laughs> right. Uh, but like you said, but that album is very, that jazz focus, right? Like, the, what's the big track from that? It's doo-wop. It's literally doo-wop. It's literally mm-hmm. a track that is very set in, like, its basis is in, like, old funk Motown-type setting as a rap song. And that was your commercial rap song. Like, if we get something that's similar, like, from like from Kendrick, I mean, it could, it could it, like you said, it could be, it, this could be... Like the thing where everyone's like, "Oh, this is the greatest album I've ever heard," or it's just like, "Wow, this was really weird." But you respect him for going into that to that thing. But I, I am very excited. I'm not excited, like you said, for all the thing pieces, and uh, I can't wait to see like on my YouTube recommendation, like some white dude. Oh, here's a 40 minute breakdown of 
of Kendrick's album. I'm like, okay. Uh, oh, you're definitely getting the, the eight episode <laughs> dissect uh, oh, Spotify man. podcast about the, the, the narrative journey. Exactly. Uh, I, 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 I was going to say, I love it. I don't. Um, uh, to talk about something that's less classy, uh, something that <laughs> me, me and Evan have talked about on many podcasts before. Oh, Maury Povich is ending. Um, so, oh, man, man, look, I, I, I try to consider myself a very highbrow. I, I enjoy stuff. I go and and try to be learned. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, I love a good Maury Povich sketch, and it, it it was like a legit, it was a legitimate bummer, like finding out that Maury is done. But like Maury's also like 500 years old, right? Yeah, like he really is. <laughs> my I'm thing up to see how old he is. Now I'm curious. My thing is, how do you go on Maury Povich? And I I don't mean this like how do you actually go. It's like if I was talking to somebody and they're like, hey. We're going to go to New York to go to the Maury Povich show. The answer is no. Like, there's no way. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't get on that plane. I'm not. You're not having me. We it go. depends. Are you a guest? Are you oh, supposed? Are, are you? If, I, if I'm in the audience, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm definitely going to Maury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm if down. someone's like, listen, I don't know. I think this child might be yours. I think the only way to figure this out is if we go to Maury. Then yeah, we're not going. Yeah, that, I know. I know they'll cop the the test and all that, but like, I can't do that. No, we can't. It can't be that. <laughs> I can't. can't like, my that. knees don't work that way. I can't backflip on the stage you anymore. You know what? Speaking of knees, I looked it up. Homeboy is eighty three years old. Eighty three years old. That's the show a good run. Nineteen ninety one. But yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't. But it wasn't this show. So that was the thing that's wild because it wasn't this show when it started. Because like it used to be the show. Like right you would have like badass kids, and it's like they would be like, "Oh, I don't listen to my mom," and then they would get like, uh, like some military, like big bluff military yep. dude to come in and yell, like, "You better listen to your mom." Like that was the show. <laughs> and then sometime like around two thousand three, two thousand four, were these maternity shows. And then that just became the show because it's peak television TV because it's never not funny. Like the whole situation is just like – like at some point I'm like, oh, it's sad. I shouldn't be laughing at this. This is like a legitimate predicament. But I'm just like, nah, this shit's funny though. Like I <laughs> – like this is hilarious to me. What's funny is it even evolved from that like over time. Like it was simply just like a – oh, man – we don't know who the father is. And then it turned into like, we need to find someone who like, not only doesn't know who the father is, but c- there could be six fathers. Could yeah. be six. Uh, they had to keep escalating it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the, the war of escalation on Maury is fucking buck wild. Well, it's the one that lived, right? Because like there used to be all those other like trash shows, right? Like because there was Jerry, Jerry Springer, Springer, Springer Ricky, Ricky Lake. Oh, Springer was also like a different world too, though. Springer yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. Springer was like <laughs> we Maury, need to fist but fight from on the this. Jackass universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah. No, Springer was like like ECW. Like yeah, like yeah. you can watch you can watch wrestling, but you're watching like FMW Deathmatch when you're watching right, yeah, yeah. Jerry Springer. Yeah, yeah like, Deathmatch on never bringing out the beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, but like you know, like I think it was also like Ricky Lake and Jenny Jones. Yeah, like those all are the ones those shows. Yeah, like because like those were like the t- old talk shows. Like before, like Fox News became like the racist thing. Like what old people used to do was just watch those old shows, and it would be like 
like stuff like you would like if you watch an episode now, like it would either range from being like, oh, this is really offensive now, or like, oh, that's good. Like it was like it would either be like an episode of like talking about a transgendered person, which would be like very oh, rooted in nineties in nineties yeah. transphobia, or it would be like I used to be fat in high school. Now I'm super fucking hot. I'm going to show da da da. Like those would be the episodes. And then you would, you would sandwich like these little episodes here and there. Hmm. And even then, like they kind of pushed out from like the Donahue's who was, Hmm. uh, Donahue always fashioned himself as like the, uh, he's like the ultimate centrist back in, yeah, you know, 19 late 80s i guess is when his show was going on um title (laughs) uh but even then like even around him i guess he was actually early then i think he was might might have been like early 80s yeah i think donahue Um, is like or even like 70s actually you know you know what donahue's show is one of those shows who also took like different so there's a version of the phil donahue show that started in like the early seventies and that turned into the TV show format that became all the other talk shows afterwards. But in between there, there was guys like, what's his name? Like Harry Connick Jr. Who was like just the racist dude. Yeah. Who, like smoke cigarettes and throw them at people and tell them that they're <laughs> pussies or whatever. That's the guy, uh, Piper. Attacked. Yeah. That's yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny that that trash TV, both the racism kind of left the, the overt racism kind of left. Right. And just went to Fox News, and now it's just kind of like implicit racism. But yeah, not even that. It's more like classism because it's, no one's rich who's going on more. It's just poor yeah. people. Yeah. Those poor people are all sort of uh, – they're all the people you expect to see. The same people you would go into a Walmart and see are also on Maury. Right. And the people who are who can watch that show are people who either like me when I was watching it at my, at my height was either unemployed – or worked like a, an early job where my lunch break was ten o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. Or people who had nowhere to go anyway, which is actually people that end up on Maury anyway. <laughs> it's just funny that like there's just a cycle of the people like of like the Maury, the Maury, the the, the farm to Maury cycle, right? Farm to Maury. Well, and it's it's like a, and it's a weird thing because it's also like the same people who would be on it, the same people who were exploited by it, are the people that watch it enjoy it. Yeah. No, I mean, like you said, like I I think I. F- got really into it was like 2005 2006 when i was working like at home depot but wasn't working full time and they were like there's always that effort commercial with that with that dude is always like it's like what are you doing you sit at home right now you can go to school right now and get it i'm like (laughs) like, bro you're right but like you're gonna be so loud about it dude like like, chill like chill like calm down i'm just trying to watch tv uh but yeah no i think it is like that's the thing is like it's one of those things I always feel like there's stuff that we can laugh at, but like if a white person laughs at, I'm like, why are you laughing so hard? Yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and like it but like I get it, but like Right, yeah. It's like but but like Bori, like I'm like, oh no, this is hilarious to me, but I can't let y'all like y'all can laugh too, but not too loud. And it like if y'all up there, y'all people up there Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, city. exactly. But don't like somebody's like, oh, this is my fifth kid, and then it's like, okay, I need you to watch your chuckle. But like inside, I'm like, this is hilarious because again, like, like you said, not only is it like in the situations that we're in, we all know people that like you see that show, you're like, oh, yeah, I know, I'm like, so that's I've, an uncle, I've that's met. a cousin, yeah, right. Like, it, like you said, within my family, like I, 
I know people mm-hmm. that are like that, you know. So I don't know. It's it's a bummer that shows is is going, but it it does need to go. You guys <laughs> sure, know, yeah. it does need to go. Do you guys know what the replacement is though? You know what like tell no, they're making now? they're putting a new show up for it. No, 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 no. Is that a new show? The thing is now is every show or like there's like 500 of these court shows of these like fake ass uh, court shows, yeah. man. Like because there's like so there was, you know, Judge Judy like before that is people court. But that's like before everything. But, then, mm-hmm. you know, you have George Judy. Then you have the judge Steve Wyko's uh, show. Uh, um, oh, wow. Uh, what's called what's called uh, uh jerry mathis. jerry springer has well judge mathis jerry springer's a judge on the show uh steve wow. harvey's a judge on the show right now uh there's a show which is wild it's called i think it's i don't i think it's like marriage court or whatever or no it's called hot bitch that's what the show is called hot bitch okay, hot okay. bitch there are, like, there are three <laughs> hey yo <laughs> hey spicy already there are three judges on the show Oh and, no, I've seen that. <laughs> they just like, and like they are, they are having, they are arguing with each other about the people who are arguing in front of them. And I'm just like, well, this is just what TV is now. It's just, it's the baby bros, but in a courtroom format. That's it's a bunch of fake judges <laughs> passing like fake judgment. Like I think there's an episode of this of the Steve Harvey court show because my mom watched it, obviously. Hmm. Um, that's target audience. Where he was, he like rendered a judgment, and he was, and he made sure to uh, specify that he actually has no legal power to to enforce this judgment. He just thinks he should do it because he's Steve Harvey, and then he throw a party or some shit. And you're like, what the fuck is the show? <laughs> Does he do one of his like weird Steve Harvey emotional speeches at the end? Where no, he... I think what he did in this one, he <laughs> was like, you know, I'm, I'm old school. So back in the day, we, I when I was like lending money, I made sure I got that money. We never met, we never met the court. <laughs> thanks thanks Steve Harvey thanks Judge Harvey so you have to fight it out after this break yeah so what I'm saying is we meet you outside and you want to bring cameras out you just figure it out what's so wild to me is like I'm seeing Steve Harvey because Steve Harvey is like he's America's black uncle like he's just like yeah, regardless which of is what hilar- a hilarious uh, turn this is <laughs> this is the comic view guy like the guy I would be like it would be like you know it'd be 11 o'clock on BET turning on comic view and watching him and DL Hughley yeah, and like probably, yeah, yeah watch I watch the kings of comedy <laughs> that first kings of comedy tape and then think yeah. about Steve I mean think about Steve Harvey you but know the- what because yeah I knew him from kings of comedy but like I'm thinking back to what was that special he did don't trip he ain't through me yet a mm-hmm. comedy set he did entirely at the gospel convention mega fest and homeboy was <laughs> struggling he was struggling not to swear the entire time and i'm like you went from that to this it's like all right well all right I, yeah i wouldn't have expected it yeah i it's just it's wild like some no one's talked about i guess i'll i'll Right into this subject because right now. uh no i want to talk about bet because i saw somebody somebody said something uh and we already went spicy whatever they were talking about like how can you watch bet uncut and i was like bro i was i was going through puberty like what do you what do you expect but like what do you mean it's, it's like 30 like, and i'm 13 what's up it's like they're like it's like oh it's like oh the tip drill video is like, yeah, that's the only reason why I know about the tip drill song because I saw that video when I was young. But yeah, Ellie like, in the Saint Lunatics. What the <laughs> fuck? That's the Saint Lunatics got for me, except the tip drill video. Yes, it was that, and then the uh, Bad Boy song. I was like, oh wait, Murphy Lee, oh, yeah. he rapped about Thundercats. I'm, I'm, you know, 16, 17 yes. years old. 
Murphy Lee is really good. Um, <laughs> Murphy Lee was really good, by the way. I will stand by that. Uh, what the Hook's going to be is a underrated song. That song fucking is really good. It's really I like good anything song. affiliated with Bad Boys yeah. too. So. Um, true. True. <laughs> but uh, no, but like comic view is a thing. Like it just died. But like I think it's stuff like like you said, like King's Comedy that literally spans from those guys being on Comic View, and then like I said, also Deal Hughley doing a lot of his sets. Like Deal Hughley, I, I don't know if like you guys seen Deal Hughley without dreads, but like that's like when he started actually getting like having like having like uh, dreads. I was like, wait, like I remember Deal Hughley short fade like. Short fade part, you know, mm-hmm. um, but like I, I, I think of like stuff like that and I think of I just think of, like I said, even making it a broader topic uh, from BET. Like I think of like a lot of shows that were geared towards us growing up, like kind of disappeared off. Right. Like I was working on something with somebody. I was like talking about like uh, cartoons and I was like, yeah, I remember CJ and Jamal. They're like, what? And I was like, you know, the bear. The black kid, like the show that was on, Tone Loke was the character. No, I've never heard of it. And it's just like, I, it's it's weird to me that a lot of our stuff just kind of disappears. Like, Comic View goes. Uh, you know, wow. BT now, I don't even know. Like, does BT, last time I watched BT, like, they would just show the game all day. I don't think they do that <laughs> anymore. It's uh, a little bit different because, like, my uh, family has a couple shows that they watch there, and it's hmm. mostly like, Tyler Perry shows made specifically for BET, which, mm. you know, take it or leave it, depending on who you are. And, um, like, a bunch of reruns of, not necessarily just the game now, but mm. it's just reruns of, like, whatever. Like, whatever UPN used to air. That's mm. still on there a lot of the time. Or Baby Boy. <laughs> yeah, they play Baby Boy a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch a lot of BET, but I feel like every time I do, Baby Boy's on. Baby Boy. It's like, I know that movie like the, the back of my hand, only because it's always on BET. <laughs> I every time I think that movie, I just think, is it Ving Rames? Is Ving mm-hmm. Rames the dad, the stepdad, He's or whatever? The stepdad, yeah, yeah. It, it's just like it's that shot of his butt. It is just every time it just ends up on that. I'm just like, every time I walk in, it's that one shot. I'm just like, come on, they know. Man. They're like, you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is coming down the hallway. Let's get. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is like the D'Angelo. How does it feel, moment? Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, man, I get it. Look, everyone, that movie was was operating for everybody. Everyone got something from that movie. But why do I got to constantly see this one scene? What a great, stupid fucking movie. And it's not <laughs> even stupid. It's actually good, and it's actually deep, and it means a, there's like a whole lot going yeah. on. Baby yeah. Boy. But it's like, man, a little sloppily. <laughs> what a fucking goofy-ass movie. Y- you goofy know is the word for it, yeah. Yeah. What's wild is, like, that movie... It's like to me, in my mind, it occupies like the same space as like a state property or like stuff like that, where it's like, like these are, you know, black movies that are like that are like relatively good, right? Like like you said, Goofy is yeah. probably a better way of saying that, but like that one got full promotion and money and stuff. It behind was John it, Singleton's you know? first big movie, I think. Yeah. And wait, wasn't yeah, it ty- after Boys in the Hood? I think it was the second one? Uh, I thought Boys in the Hood. No, you're right. Yeah, Boys it is his first one. Boys in the Hood is, is younger than Boys yeah. in the Hood. You're right. Ba- yeah, Baby um, Boy, uh, Boys in the Hood is 30 years old now. Um, that movie is a comedy. I don't give a shit. No one says. <laughs> I that need to rewatch movie, it because that's why. I mean, that's, yeah. Comedy. I would argue that some of that movie is not a comedy. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's but. dealing with, I think it's dealing with a lot of, uh, a lot of themes. And I also think, like, 
Though I think what's funny about Boys in the Hood is it's so old and like things that are right. things that sound tough 30 years ago is not yeah. tough really now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's like when you think about it now, like what I mean by comedy is I mainly mean Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Jr. Yeah. yeah. Who is the oh, worst. Sure. They kill Ricky. Like, like yeah, Christ. Swing in the mirror. Oh, man. <laughs> Hilarious. But like, Shadow like you said, I, 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 but like you said, <laughs> but you're right. It is a movie trying to talk about something at a time of a country like we were having these very deep conversations but like now like it's 30 years later like yeah it it looks like it it to me it's not i mean not to say it's like as like you could be like oh this is ridiculous like you like some black exploitation movies but that same kind of air because like yeah we know how the police are and we know how you know gang violence leads and everything like that and i don't know like i i I think Juice is a better movie that does that, you know, and it was more realistic to me because, like, I've been to I've been to school with somebody who's crazy as shit. Like, I I sure. haven't been to school with gangbangers, you know. But like, I wonder. It, so I and, I and again, I haven't seen. I didn't see. I saw Boys in the Hood way later, right? Like, I didn't yeah, see yeah, it yeah. in 1991. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, and I don't know that. I can't remember when I saw Juice, but I know it was in 1992. Mm. Um, but. I, I wonder if it if a lot of us looking back on Juice has sort of done a lot of favors for Juice, because I think yeah. watching Juice, it's like, wow, this movie, this is two different movies, yes, kind of, and it's like maybe, and that's like more intentional than maybe we thought it would be. Uh, like it turned it turned into a horror movie that last half hour. It's like fucking crazy. He's literally but, a psycho killer. <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder how, I wonder how that was received in 1992 yeah probably I, pretty well because tupac but sure well, but i wonder but, i wonder if it was like we like this tupac character we like like his performance here this like and and this is co- coinciding with his rap career like is this yeah. this tupac vehicle is working for me is it or yeah. do people look at this like at like the, the sort of art that we look at it now yeah well I or mean, did we like at some point reclaim juice and make it art i don't yeah. remember i, I, I don't I, know the time I, I think it may have been reclaimed because like 92 yeah. tupac is like that's not like that's like oh no this Tupac character what's like that that's ninety two Tupac right like it's the same thing with Snoop Dogg like it's there like if if Tupac lives right Tupac is Walt Disney like honestly like he, he's <laughs> he he becomes Walt Disney because like look at <laughs> look at look at Snoop Snoop Dogg was literally the guy everyone every white parent in the in the in the mid to like early to mid nineties, you couldn't mess with Snoop because Snoop was yeah. dangerous. Doggy America's style. most wanted, yeah. I literally had a song, Murder was the case that they gave me. Like this guy, he's a he's a he's a literal, you know, he's a literal game member. Now he does commercials. He sells wine with Martha Stewart. Like Yeah. For big time rush, it's over now. <laughs> you know, like I, Tupac See, would have been the same thing. He would have his Thug Life tattoo. They'd be like, "Oh, I love Thug Life." <laughs> like they say it now. I say that. Thug yeah, Life, be Thug right. Life, Old Navy commercials with the T-shirt. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I wonder I if Martha Stewart's ever listened to Doggy Style. She had to have. I guarantee. Guarantee. On the way out of prison, yeah, she was bumping. <laughs> I, I, she was like, I, I think, lived that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know. I think that. I mean, the only way these things become big is because white people listen to it, right? Right? Like, so, like, I I think that she would have, like, I I think, like, we, I think that we as a culture 
find stuff and we, you know, we can look like, like stuff, but then like, it become like phenomenons because white people are like, oh, I like that too. Like, how long, like Lizzo was always dope, but it wasn't until, you know, white people were like, oh, Lizzo's dope. And it's like, well, yeah. True, like, but I think those are different commodifications. I think Lizzo's sort of trek into, especially um, her first, that, that that big single whose name I can't remember, but I can. Truth Hurts, I, can, I believe. Truth Hurts. Well, yeah, no, the other one, the In My Nightmares. Be great, so you got to be great, that one. I think that's yeah. Truth Hurts, right? That is Truth Hurts, yeah. Oh, okay, then yeah, boom. Yeah. But I, I think that is different. Like, that is a song designed to be a pop song, right? And, yeah, and yeah, for yeah. And for all the things that means, which means you have to appeal to a certain level of whiteness. You have to understand that that whiteness also equals a certain amount of commercialability, and that makes you marketable. That means you... And you had to shake a lot of hands and meet a lot of people to get to that point. Right. I think it's different when uh, a person who you've... Who 20 years ago was a different person and a different relationship with right. the media gets sort of taken in by that element almost in spite of the old stuff. Even yeah. though that person, like Snoop Dogg does not renounce any of that old shit. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't talk about it on like, you know, daytime talk shows, but he does talk yeah. about it on yeah. like The Breakfast Club. Yeah. And he, yeah. He's he, still waving around blue flags today. He like, brought right. his blue flag to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny like... to see how much work or how much cognitive dissonance people will sort of install in themselves to accept Snoop, the Snoop Dogg that we have right here, the little piece of him, and yeah. just forget about all the other shit, even though he didn't forget about all this shit. Like right. normally you, you kind of need that person to like walk away from that for them to be like 50 Cent. 50 Cent right. is not 50 Cent anymore. Right. He's Curtis uh, Jackson. He's, he's, yeah. He hasn't been 50 Jackson. Cent in yeah. like a decade at least. But <laughs> – he walked away from all that basically, and and knowing knowingly, willingly, sort of willfully let that go, knowing that he has to, in order for him to be vitamin water fifty cent, he has to he has to not be, you know, he has to not he has to not be uh, the the two uh, G unit games fifty cent. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah. it's funny that that makes sense, and that's usually how it happens. But Snoop Dogg has somehow avoided that. He's been able to be vitamin water fifty cent, but without having to not be Crip Snoop Dogg. Like, I don't get it. It's funny. He is, he's the only person I've ever seen do this, where he's just going to he's gonna be gangster all the time, except maybe on the various TV shows that he can't be. But he's never going to say he never was. And if you ask him the right question, he's always going to be. And people want him to do that. So, like, yeah. it's not just he's just doing it and everyone's kind of, you know, turning an eye. No, they want that gangster guy, too. It's just they need to put him in the right place. It's just yeah. a very weird Snoop Dogg turn of events. I honestly think it's just because they can he he's old enough to the point where they feel safer because of his age that oh he's not gonna actually pop off but he still is just he's such an icon at this point to where he still represents all that stuff that he used to be despite being you know more or less just America's uncle now I yeah. think that's like the juxtaposition there where people people like people like danger as long as they feel like it's very far away from them. As long as it's not actually <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's the zoo mentality. Oh, this gorilla could murder me, but I I'm looking the, at yeah, it. Yeah, but there's plexiglass between me and that. Exactly. So it's yeah. just a gorilla right now. Yeah. Yeah. But the plexiglass here is like twenty years of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and several million dollars. That too. Yeah. That'll change a man. <laughs> yeah. I don't like I said, I, I just I I I just I think about stuff like that because like and kind of like kind of uh, tying everything together, like a, a generation, like a generation ago. I don't know if you could, like, I don't know what is the artist now that would come out that would be so dangerous. You'd be like, oh, I'm afraid to have this person out here now because, like, I think he's gotten close. Now. 
haven't close. Um, the baby's of, getting there right now. Yeah, the baby, oh, yeah, the the baby, baby that's a whole different. That's a well, whole the baby chosen horse himself into something. I think <laughs> exactly. And only yeah. he ever wasn't dangerous. I think people just forgot or didn't know, and then he never had any intention of not being. <laughs> people thought he was playfully dangerous, and it turns out right. no, he's always oh, just fighting yeah. fans. It's different. <laughs> it, it, it was, <laughs> yeah. No, it turns out he'll fight everyone. I think that yeah. might have been triple um, X uh, X X X extension if he didn't get. Yeah, yeah. I think because he was. He was, you know, turning his life around, but I don't. It, there was no evidence of that necessarily. There could have been, right? And he was getting there, but you never saw the end. You never saw that story yeah. turned. He just had a yeah. lot of rage. Like he, I think that's why a lot of. I mean, blessing made a video over. Kind of funny. He made a video about this back in his OKB days, but mm. he just exemplified rage. Like if you were pissed off, he was the guy to go to. But he, it was like, it wasn't just fuck the world and that's it. It was like a little bit nuanced there where you could tell there was pain behind the rage. I right. think that's why people like that. And you could see him like, because here's the thing, I never really listened to him, but because there's been a trend over the last couple of years of a lot of these younger rappers dying. His death was the first one to like hit me despite not listening to his music. Mm. And so after he died, I kind of like got into like, yo, what was going on with this kid? And he had a very damaged history and a yeah. very messed up life both done to him and done to other people from him so like he was very flawed but like i feel like for him people kind of saw they could see they listen to the music and they get the emotion without mm. necessarily thinking about oh he beat up this guy for this or right. he beat up this girl for he, this. he was eminem if eminem was actually dangerous yeah yes <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and i think you know he he we yeah. treated eminem this way uh because of what he said but in reality, yeah. he never did any of these things. So you never, he yeah. never got to, and that ain't, big caveat, he's a white dude. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he also, never, he was never out like, actively <laughs> violent very often to people. Yeah. So like, you, you really couldn't pin any of this on him. So he's really just, so he literally was just saying it. So yeah. he just, that's like a troll place you can live forever, make a career. I was thinking like, X was definitely not doing that. Yeah. I was sure. think M's, M's anger thing. I think Eminem, I think Eminem gets maligned, like, with the anger rapper thing, but I think people need to realize, like, M gets to start by being a battle rapper, and he just decided on his first yeah. album, I'm going to battle my mom, who's not rapping, but that's who I'm battling with. Right. So, like, it, <laughs> it comes off, like, so angry, but, like, when you look at it in that context, you're like, oh, okay, I get what he's doing. That's and, true, but I, it, I think no, there were no bad, like... It, I'm not going to say there was no, there was never a, a big battle rapper to, to to turn it around and make a music career before him, but yeah, no one did it that big, right? Uh, and yeah. and to a to an audience who were probably never even didn't even know battle rap existed. <laughs> no, you're like, right, you're right, you're right. No, he he went platinum on a an, an entire audience that probably have never even heard of a battle rap. Right. It's just someone getting very upset. And you're like, wow, you guys do this competitively? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I think that's also why he like a lot of his stuff now isn't like isn't that. It is whole right. thing now is just like he's run out of I people rap- to battle. He's actually just <laughs> yeah. mellow now. He's chill. Yeah. He's, he's like forty five like, and over it. Well, I also yeah. think he. I also think he realized like, oh, this isn't the audience. Like, I think it's why you do Eight Mile. You only do Eight Mile. It's like, oh, hey, here's how I got started. Can you listen to this? This yeah. is what I'm doing. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to rap really fast. That's the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to rap right. really fast now. <laughs> I, I mean, think yeah. there's a. I'm trying to think of a, an artist who. I think Pusha T is developing that reputation of a, yeah. of a dude that seemed dangerous but is now commercial. Like he did a yeah he did a diss track for McDonald's for Arby's yes which, <laughs> yeah. where he like snuck a Coke bar in yeah and oh, I yeah. think that's hilarious 
I think there's there's always been this uh, sort of uh, mystique around Pusha T, around Clip, both of Clips, but Pusha mm-hmm. T especially, that he has always remained dangerous. Right. Um, because he's always, he's never changed anything about like what he does and how he does it for 20 years. So, and he's never really been mainstream ever. Um, he's, I mean, he's been mainstream in that he's, he's has great guest bars on huge songs. Yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't do, he, he, he never do does ads. He doesn't do yeah. crossover stuff. He doesn't have that crossover appeal necessarily. Yeah. He's just always the drug dealer guy. I mean, um, he, and then beefs, he gets in the mainstream like media with beefs with big beef. people, but like yeah. no one's talking about Pusha T in the same way as, you know, other rapper who's rappers who have turned into superstars in other ways. Yeah. And I think he's sort of maybe slowly approaching that level, but I wonder if it's because it took a long time for people to want to normalize it or feel comfortable normalizing the thing he actually does that he's not going to renounce. <laughs> Yeah, or if it's like we just kind of just don't care about it anymore. Like I, I'm wondering how how he got to this Arby's commercial point in his life, <laughs> and then dropped a whole Coke album like right yeah. after. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't I, like I I think Pusha T, but like I also think I think it's hard to do that to do that break when you come in as a group, right? And then like even with clips, like clips, like. I, I love clips, right? Like I love clips, like when they yeah. first dropped. Uh, nice. uh, but like that was the Pharrell group, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and I think like I think that can also hurt you. Like, like you said, I think that the the thing that stops Pusher from from Pusher from being so big for so long was just like, like oh, that's you know Star Trek, yeah, you know clips, like yeah, they're with Pharrell, like that's Pharrell's that's Pharrell's people, you know, and. Like being on your own, doing your own thing, like I think that helps with the mainstream, you know, mentality. I do think, like, I think doing those, like, doing those features going in. Honestly, I do think, like, that beef with with Drake, like, the line you we were hiding a son. I think that made a lot of people who had no idea who he was, like, wait, hold on, who is this and who's saying what? I think that's that also helped him out, you know? Yeah, but that's a different type of dangerous. I'd argue. I think push it like that yeah. whole beef made Pusha T seem more dangerous, but in a way where it's like, in a way that's threatening to commercial audiences. Like, if you're a regular Drake person, you're like, oh, fuck, he revealed you had a son. Like, that's that's kind of what I mean. That's what I'm yeah. getting. Like, I think... Like, I don't think th- Pusha's gonna catch a body in the next... No. Yeah. <laughs> do I think do I think Pusha knows someone who could? Yes. Yes. But do yes. I think <laughs> he is going to? No. I think, I think the... I think the character of Pusha T is one that is very far removed from the the person that might have existed at some point yeah um but i also think you're right a little bit that beefing with drake and like really uh really sort of destroying that entire sort of relationship very publicly <laughs> the way he did makes him dangerous but in a way that that is not in the one of the few ways it's not acceptable in show right, business. Right. Which is like you got the secret from somewhere and you blew it up. And <laughs> the only reason why you're not blackballed is because you have too many friends here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like the second that Drake responded with a press release and not a song. They're like, like, yeah, you're like, oh bro. Oh <laughs> brother. 
Oh, you, sh- you should go back to Diorossi with that one. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think that that also is another point where Pusha T. I feel like put, in the same way where Snoop Dogg is too old to feel threatening. I think Pusha T. is just getting to that level where yes, he's still dangerous in that way we said commercially. But like when I think of someone who's actually dangerous in the rap game, I'm thinking of anybody under the age of like 28. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like not thinking of 45 year old Pusha T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause like I, I think about Tay K who literally made a song about being on the run from the law for a mm-hmm. murder charge and it went number one and had a remix. <laughs> like I think and then he that, got immediately arrested because this exactly. shit was for real actually. Yeah, but he was like what, 17 when he got arrested? So like mm-hmm. I I am more afraid of like the kids, like the like someone like an NBA young boy who is super popular. I don't listen. Yeah. To him. I don't really listen to him, but like he is mega popular. Like people talk about him up there with like you know all the biggest rap stars out there. And they talk with they talk about him on the level of like a Kanye or Drake or whatever. But um, when I hear his music, it is similar to triple x but it's like a less refined uh rage where he's just like he's not rageful he's just pissed off mm-hmm. like he just sounds like like people make all the memes about nba young boy fans watch tv like this and it's just them holding an entire tv set in their hands just looking at it while standing <laughs> up like it's just like rage like just it like ignorant rage rather than like a refined complex rage i think th- yeah there's been like this uh there's a a, a mold made by Bobby Shmurda that a lot of people have mm. filled and all of mm. them are dangerous. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like, sure. there's not, it's a, uh, to use a wrestling uh, term, it's like people live in the gimmick. It's oh, like, yeah. oh no, I'm it's just going to It's remember. not kayfabe for them. It's, exactly. It's for real. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, I, it's like, uh, again, using wrestling, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm Mick Foley. I, I play Cactus Jack, a crazy person. And then it's like, no, I'm New Jack. When he, I, I'm really this person. I will I will, I will, will body you if I need to. Like, that's – the rap game is getting that situation right now. But, I mean – I think Chief Keef is maybe one of those people. Yeah. Um, Chief yeah. Keef is, like, very successful, uh, not, you know, largely underrated for the music he basically started. Um. And I don't think he's so famous that he couldn't go to jail tonight. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. he's one of oh, the yeah. few dudes who's like, I'm not, money hasn't changed me. I think like the, the Aesop group, I think money has definitely changed them. Like, oh, there's maybe sure. a point where Rocky might've got you, but like, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. Yeah, no. Rocky's a dad now. He, he yeah, it's, it's over lot. for, it's, he's washed now. What, I think uh, <laughs> like, like a Pooh or a Chief Keef might still get you. What if you brought back like what if you brought back like somebody like a dated person from, from back in the day and you brought them like like Silt the uh, Silt the Shocker is still oh, no see murder see murder still in jail what if you release see murder let him do a new album uh, it'll be trash because that was like the under the underlying thing about No Limit outside of Master P they were mostly trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Miskel wasn't part of No Limit. No, Miskel was he, always he, just the best feature on their Yeah, song. he he just had he had so many features that were the best <laughs> that you, they just assumed he was. Yeah, but like bring back C, like literally in for killing somebody. Bring out C Murder. I'm pretty sure. He, I'm pretty sure he'll do it. I'm pretty sure somebody. If he ever got out of jail, I'm pretty sure somebody'd be like, I got to get C Murder on the track. Oh, yeah. I think it would be trash. If anything, it would be it, it would be Kanye. First of all, yeah. And second of all. Him getting he had life, didn't he? Like I don't think he's yeah. Getting, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. He got a yes, some bars yeah. from prison. Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> look. from prison. Like Bobby Schroeder did. Yeah. yeah. Look. There 
<laughs> we're gonna start this the hashtag free C murder movement. Uh, yeah, I don't know. C- I forget what he did, but like free him, whatever. No, uh, free him, whatever. <laughs> free him, the whatever. most incendiary thing maybe possible. Yeah, yeah, free him, whatever. Oh yeah, he shot somebody outside Platinum Club. Yeah, maybe uh, don't. maybe don't free him, but like, <laughs> if he did, whatever. Give uh, him a right. mic. Just give him a mic inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this was fun. I enjoyed doing this. We should do this more time. often. I enjoyed this. Um, so if you guys would like to promote yourself, uh, Jarrett, uh, where can people listen to you? Where can people follow you? All that stuff. Uh, the easiest way is on Twitter, at Jarrett Drone. Um, if I'm any good at anything, I'll retweet all the stuff I actually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Not always great at that. <laughs> I feel that. But <laughs> I do know for a fact, depending on when this comes up, the first week of May, I will have something to share. It's oh, just yeah. I'm on embargo currently, so I can't talk about it. Ah, tantalizing. Nice. Uh, Emmett, uh, what would you like to promote there, my friend? Uh, like I, like you said, uh, Twitter is the best place. Uh, at EJSpun61 is where you can find me. Uh, username, long story. Had it since middle school. It's whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can follow me on there. VGU.TV is where you can see any stuff related to me. Uh, like I said, I'm doing a re-listen of all these Kendrick albums, so you can check into the YouTube channel. goes by the same name. Um, I'm going to be reviewing all those albums, and... Let me tell you, I am literally after we're done here, I'm going to start writing my notes and recording the audio for the Good Kid Mad City review. And I was listening to it at work and I started like getting emotional because I forgot how much I love this album. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm very excited to get these videos out. They'll start going out uh, the Sunday before the album drops. So it's very All exciting. Right. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Turbo Bison, uh, where I usually uh, tweet recklessly all the time uh i am a threat on the twitter uh but yeah you can follow the stuff that i do live from the pool house that is the podcast i do with sonia valentine where we go episode by episode through the fresh prince of bel-air uh and then you can find me on youtube uh with a new project starting up pretty soon called ptv we have canceled our video game podcast and we're pivoting the video so you want to <laughs> finally, see, finally, finally, someone pivoted the video. <laughs> finally, uh, so yeah, if you want to Welcome see me, 2013. <laughs> if you want to see me, uh, Dylan, Kayla, Robert, and Brennan, uh, talk about video games. Usually, probably me saying something very slanderous. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find it on a YouTube format. So, all right, uh, well, this has been this. I don't know what to call this. It'll be called something. Uh, hopefully, we do this again. Hopefully, you guys like that, and see you guys later. Excellent.